Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. Will Arkansas play football in 2020? That's been the big question. We're going to really dive into that question today. We're also going to talk about Arkansas's big week in recruiting. Danny West is going to join us later. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a thumbs up or an emoji or whatever if you like the content. Be sure to engage. Get your questions in now because we're going to get to those later. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. And also throw us a thumbs up if you like the content. And Apple Podcasts, if you're listening there, please throw us a five-star review if you like the show. Say something nice about it. Uh, Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year. The players want to play, says Hunter Juracek, and he's absolutely right. I mean, when you look at the activity right now on campus, you've got 300-plus student athletes. They have more baseball and soccer players here going through voluntary stuff than they've ever had in the summer. So it's pretty clear, you know, as we kind of said last week with the players – Moving in, you know, all the football players, all the football recruits have moved in except for one, may have moved in by now, but I think all but one so far and, and is planning to, Jaquela McGee, uh, their parents came in and moved them in. So the parents moved them in, kids want to play, everybody wants to play. It's just a matter of figuring out a way to make this work. Of course, we're talking about coronavirus, pandemic, what else, but we got to figure out a way to make it work, a way people feel safe doing it and uh, – yeah, continue to, to open up as long as it's safe. Don't overwhelm hospitals, things like that. Make sure we put the best interest of these student athletes, you know, in uh, into this. And you also have to look beyond just the surface, like long term, you know. And I thought Hunter Juracek made some good points the other day just kind of talking about how it's not just about the money because a lot of people kind of talk about it as if, the money goes like into your check's pocket or something or, you know, to all these people. And, you know, what they do with the money for the most part is they reinvest it into the university. They uh, reinvest it into the, uh, the experiences of the student athlete is the way Hunter Juracek put it. So for us, football generates about $70 million of their $124 million budget. And of course, not to, not to, uh, diminish what, you know, offshoots of that with uh, the community of Northwest Arkansas, um, the money made there. So the UA spends $41 million in salaries. That's not, and that's across 19 sports. That's not just coaches, which take up a large bulk of it, but you've also got mental health people on, uh, on staff. You've got uh, academic people on staff, um, you know, recruiting staff, which they spend 1.2 million recruiting players, which is 12th nationally. Uh, you know, all the other things, the, you know, all the bills that have to be paid, new buildings, 
that, that, that are built, all of that stuff, that money goes into that. So it is reinvested into the lives of the student athletes, making them the best student athletes that they can be. 3.5 million of it, according to 2016-2017, according to Forbes magazine, was spent on food, which was number one in the country. Your check says it's at 4 million now. So that's a lot of money on food. But I thought that was an interesting point because people do kind of present it like, you know, it's just lying in the pockets of, you know, like athletic directors or something, but it's really going back into the university. You're a check in Arkansas are in support of the SEC's announcement on fall scholarship. So if you don't want to play football, you're a football player on scholarship, you're not going to lose your scholarship because you don't want to play due to concerns over the coronavirus pandemic. So I think that's the right thing to do. If you want to play football, let's come up with a way to make it happen and allow you to play football. If you don't, then I don't know that you should be penalized because of that with your scholarship. I don't know that that's fair. But it's, it seems like most people want to play. So I don't know that this is really going to make a huge impact. Your check also, so we spoke, we spoke with your check a good deal last week, and uh, he's updated kind of how we can think or kind of how we can expect things to go with Arkansas's game day um, protocols. I'll say this. I went to the farmer's market for the first time this weekend, and the way they had it, you know, you had a, a designated entrance and a designated exit. You couldn't just, like, walk out. And then the traffic flow all had to be going the same way. So if you went past the entrance – just a little bit you couldn't just turn around and go back they would tell you to you know keep going forward so you had to walk all the way around the square and then go out that way so that's kind of how they've talked about so you don't have people just kind of you know walking back and forth with each other there everybody's kind of going the same direction I guess that helps but um, I thought that was was pretty interesting you know you'll have prepackaged uh, food items to purchase and again, this is these are all hypotheticals. You know, there's 32,700 season ticket holders right now. They haven't sold individual game tickets. We don't know if they're even going to have fans for the games. But there's some stuff going on right now. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, I do think it's interesting. This is one of the things I want to talk about. When you, when you consider, like, how the testing policy is going to be, okay? So – what they're they're going to do most likely is within a 72-hour window, they're going to do the PCP, the PCR uh, swab test, which is the probably the best way to do it. Uh, so within 72 hours of the game being played, they'll do that for all the players. And then they'll also probably do a rapid response test probably Friday night or Saturday morning. Okay, the good thing about the 72-hour deal is it gives coaches time to – plan ahead to make decisions on, you know, who's going to be out and, you know, who can play and stuff like that. So 72 hours and then probably right before the game also, which I think, I mean, is a good policy. And I would imagine other people in and around the program would be tested as well. So here's the thing with that, though. This – there's been some talk about, you know, the gamemanship of college football. So, say Arkansas is slated to play Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has lost a significant portion of their starting offense. 
Do you jump in and play that game, or is that a game that you look at rescheduling? Now, the problem with rescheduling a game like that, if you play the normal 12-game season, then you only have the one bye week to reschedule, and it's got to work out for you. It's got to work out for Ole Miss. I don't know that that's possible to say, okay, Ole Miss's starting offense is in quarantine right now because they were in close contact with this person who tested positive. we got to reschedule this game. I don't know that that's practical with a 12-game schedule. Now, with a 10-game conference-only schedule, it could make sense. And the reason it could is because you are going to have three weekends. You take it the buyout, you, you cram 10 games together, 10 consecutive weeks, and then you have three weekends to make up at the end of the season. And I've kind of put together how I think that could look for Arkansas if they didn't. Now, again, that's not what they're planning on doing right now, but it is something, you know, if they run into a situation where they have to push the first week back, you know, or the Big Ten and, they, and the Pac-12 have done it. So it's something to look at. Hunter <laughs> Yurchek didn't sound particularly optimistic about it. But the way I think it would work is, and, and the way the Big Ten is doing it also, they have all the divisional games in the first half of the season. So you play your six divisional games first half of the season. Second half of the season, you play the four cross-divisional games. That way it would give you a better opportunity if you did have to cancel or reschedule stuff to determine a conference champion, a division champion, and then you could still play your championship game, hopefully. So that's why you would do that. So the way I would structure it basically is you would have some games that would remain the same in the first half of the season, but the, the games against divisional foes in the second half of the season, you're going to be moving those up and replacing them, in Arkansas's case, with uh, with the non-conference opponents. So the September 19th game against Mississippi State would remain the same, but October 5th against Nevada, that would be out. So in that case, you would move – I have moved just, you know, going – and this is just a hypothetical, but – LSU is the first game in the second half of the season against a division divisional opponent. So you'd move that to uh, the opening weekend of September 5th. So you go September 5th, LSU, September 12th, Auburn, at Auburn. You get LSU at home, September 12th, at Auburn, September 19th, at Mississippi State. That one's already there. So the LSU game replaces Nevada, Auburn replaces Notre Dame, Mississippi State's already there. And then you got at Texas A&M, and they're talking about moving that game to College Station. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll still keep it in Dallas. But if they did, that's three straight road games. You open with LSU, and then it's at Auburn, at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M. That's pretty tough. Then you get Ole Miss, and Ole Miss would be moving up. They would be replacing Charleston Southern. Then Alabama is October 10th, where they were before. Then October 17th, you would play an SEC divisional opponent, and this slot was where you would have played LSU. But you'll play an SEC divisional opponent. The 17th and the 24th, you'll play an SEC divisional opponent, Eastern Division. So those two weeks, and the 24th was a bye week. So do you get some combination of South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, or do they decide to throw Florida and Georgia at you? That would kind of stink <laughs> for Arkansas. October 31 is Tennessee. That game was scheduled that way anyway. That'll be in Fayetteville. And then November 7th, you would actually take Missouri from what would we would expect to be November 27th, move it up to the Friday after Thanksgiving. 
So you'd move it from no 20, November 27th, you move it up three weekends to um, November 7th. So then I wonder when you'd play the SEC championship game. Do you play it the next weekend? Do you wait a couple weeks? I guess you have the three weeks. Maybe you'd have games to reschedule. But that's kind of how it would possibly look. Maybe you split it up a little bit to where you play your divisional opponents, then you wait three weeks or two weeks, and then you play your next ones, and then you save another week at the end for who knows. But anyway, that's kind of the hypothetical. You can read that on Hog Sports. You can read that breakdown. As for the games, we just kind of mentioned, you know, some of the things that they'd be doing. But we don't know if there's going to be fans or not. Right now, I say get to a point where we can have football games and decide on the fan situation later. Maybe you just stick with the the people, the 32,000 people who have bought season tickets. You know, you've got a lot of those people in suites, um, you know, in, in club seating. But the suites really, I mean, that makes up a large amount of the money that you bring in. So if you can get the people in their own private suites, that's not a bad thing, I don't think. Uh, But then, you know, worry about your season ticket holders and then move on from there. A couple of interesting things to watch. So we've got NBA and Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball starts playing official games on July 23rd. So today's the 20th. So we're right around the corner from that. Not going to have fans. The NBA picks up in Orlando with limited people uh, on July 30th. So they're in their little bubble there at Disney World. But I thought Hunter Yurchek made a good point about this too because youth sports, NASCAR, all these things are being played, right? So NASCAR had 30,000 people at, uh, I guess about a week ago, at the all-star race at Bristol Motor Speedway. No, it was Wednesday. <laughs> so Bristol seats 160,000. They had 30,000 fans there. That was the maximum. Um, so that was the first, as the Sporting News called it, the first big test of U.S. fans returning to sports venues. So that's something to look at. As for youth sports, according to the Cassville Democrat on Wednesday, 2,000 people turned out for the Monet Youth I hope I'm saying that right. I know it's a small town, Arkansas. Youth Baseball and Softball Leagues, two-day softball summer bash at North Park. 46 teams, 86 games, 500 athletes, 2,000 total people there. And it's not like that's the only place because it's happening everywhere. My neighbors over here, their kid, he goes and plays baseball tournaments. Um, down the street, basketball, their kid plays basketball. Um, so you've got all of these things with youth sports taking place right now where parents are in attendance. So, I mean, I think the main thing, you know, practice social distancing when you can, wear masks, just be cautious, be smart. Now, the problem is around the country, you know, increased testing, but we're also seeing hospitalizations and those things go up. I do think there are some encouraging things we're seeing with, uh, you know, some of the treatments that are out there, and those are only going to get better. There was something about um, monoclonal something cocktail about uh, like the bioengineered version of the convalescent plasma that they're using that's been successful with people uh, that they think they could have upwards of like 300,000 vials of that by the end of the summer, start of the fall. That's another promising treatment. The treatments are just going to get better. That's kind of what I've always looked at, like the vaccine, great. Get a vaccine, 
probably next year, early next year before we have it. But the treatments, make it to where this stuff stops killing people so rapidly. There's another doctor in Texas who, uh, something with the, inha- the steroid inhaler for, um, for people with asthma that's been very promising according to him. Now, there's been many studies on this. Even the remdesivir is technically in phase three, which is you know lowering your hospitalization time from 15 to nine days on average, so cutting it into a third. So there's some promising treatments out there right now. So as I've always kind of said, don't overwhelm the hospitals, practice social distancing, wear a mask, whether your city's mandating it or not, and whether you feel like it's a violation of your rights or something. If everybody just did it, I don't think anybody would like mandate that you wear a mask, but I think it's smart to wear a mask. Okay. I think that's smart. I think that's probably something that needs to take place inside stadiums also. In Fayetteville right now, you have to wear a mask everywhere. In Arkansas, starting today, you got to wear a mask. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hunter right now is, Hunter Yurchek right now is about 50-50 on whether or not Arkansas and college football will will happen. He was about 70-30 when we talked to him a little over a month ago in favor of thinking it was going to happen. Now it's about 50-50, and I think a lot of that is probably due to what we're seeing around the country with the cases going up. Ed Orgeron says he thinks they're going to play. I'll just paraphrase what he said. I'll try to do my best, Ed Orgeron. He says, yon, 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 play football. Go Tigers. <laughs> you got to start, you got to listen to the Ed Orgeron song every year when football. That's how you know football's coming up when you start listening to the Ed Orgeron song from his days at Ole Miss. What he really says is, my gut feeling is we're going to play, whether we start September 5th or a little after that, in conference, out of conference, that doesn't bother me. This is for uh, what he told ESPN's Marty McGee. I do know this. I believe we're going to play. I'm almost certain we're going to play. So that's defending national champion head coach Ed Orgeron. Coaches all are like that. They all 
say it's going to happen. They all feel like it's going to play. Athletic directors a little bit more reserved. But coaches also have to have that attitude. Sam Pittman said last time we talked to him, you can't go in there thinking, well, we might play. You have to go in there thinking, we got a game September 5th. It's against Nevada. It's going to be tough. We better be prepared. No thinking about things that you can't control. And that's a very cliche thing, but it's very true. All right. Some good recruiting news over the weekend. Arkansas got a couple of commitments. We're going to bring Danny in to talk about it. So Danny, everybody knows who Danny West is by now, right? So Danny does most of our recruiting coverage for football. Best guy in the business. Been with me at Hog Sports for over a decade. Trey Biddy. How's it going, Daniel? It's going, man. What you know? Oh, not much. I was just telling everybody about the commitments. Uh, well, I didn't really go into them. I was just going to kind of let you just dive in and, and talk about, you know, what happened over the, I guess, the end of last week. Yeah, it was a busy week for me. I mean, I hit the road last week, saw a bunch of big-time dudes. Mm-hmm. Got really got home Friday and got settled in thinking, all right, it's been a good week, good productive week. I think I'll kick back for a day or so. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that never works as planned. But They got you with, of, a, with, uh, with a Friday commitment, too. Not oh, your it's always Friday Fridays. night. That, that was number four <laughs> in this class, by the way. I took the time to actually look this stuff up. That was the fourth Friday commitment. Yeah. And I think we're up to uh, three on Saturday, so half the class. Uh, anyway, that's another topic yeah. <laughs> for another day. <laughs> it, was, it was good for him, man. Solomon Wright. Uh, you know, defensive tackle out of uh, Vian, Vian, Oklahoma. I guess mm-hmm. I ought to learn to pronounce that correctly, but not far from the state line of Arkansas. But kind of came out of left field last Friday, Trey. I was actually on my way back from picking up some food, getting some dinner. Got a call that we're about 10 minutes out from seeing this guy commit to Arkansas. So not a whole lot of time there to, to prep ahead and mm-hmm get out in front of it but i'll tell you this man just watching the kids film have you watched them yet yeah it's a lot of fun to watch that film yeah. you know you talk to people in oklahoma and you see how they reacted on twitter you know I, they were really really high on this kid saying arkansas got a, a really good one there yeah. i know a lot of people see six foot 270 and no that's not prototypical sec size is it but i, I did a quick study you go back through the years man some of the best interior defensive linemen we've seen at Arkansas over the last two decades. I mean, it goes back to Keith Jackson Jr., right? Mm-hmm. Malcolm Shepard, uh, you know, eventually Malcolm got up to uh, 300 or so, but mm-hmm. he came in as a, a smaller guy and, and played as a as a lighter guy for a couple of years there. Demarcus Hodge, 6'1", Darius Phylon, uh Taiwan Johnson, his sophomore year. We've seen quite a few of them. You know, I don't think Arkansas is ever going to be a program. I say that. Maybe they will eventually. But, you know, I I don't see them going out and getting the prototypical 6'5", 300, ready-to-go guys straight out of high school. Do you? Yeah. And being well, Alabama and LSU for them. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, there was a guy a few years ago that I remember they got out of LSU with Bobby Petrino, uh, D.D. D.D. Uh, Jones. Yeah, yeah. D.D. Jones, was he was forced all ready-to-go type of guy. There. You know, Marcus Miller might have been considered that if he'd uh, yep. you know gotten out to camps and stuff. He went you know six five big kid, uh, but Warren he Sapp Warren Sapp between. Warren Sapp went about six one. You know, I mean there's a, there's an argument that he's the best defensive tackle that ever played. 
Uh, he's you know yep. up there. Uh, there, there. Uh, I don't know. Is Aaron Donald? I don't know that he's like yeah, super. Yeah, same, same deal. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, very much undersized, you yeah. know, traditionally speaking. So, so this yeah. kid goes six foot two seventy right now. He'll be three hundred before long at Arkansas, I would assume, right. at least two eighty five minimum. Uh, but one hundred twenty four tackles as a defensive lineman, fourteen sacks as an interior guy. I mean, he he definitely it's put insane. up the numbers. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and at some point, you you do watch the film and and wonder about the competition, but. Mm-hmm. You also see the explosiveness, right, and the, the motor and all everything that that got him all of those scholarship offers. I mean, this is a guy that committed to Texas Tech this past spring, and really, I mean, this guy never even tweeted out an Arkansas offer. That's mm-hmm. how quickly this came about. So I was going through his tweets, thinking, all right, did I miss something here? No, it's just one of those that they worked under the radar for mm-hmm. quite a while, from what I hear. So that started the big weekend, Trey, and then of course. After we got done with that one, we started hearing, hey, the night is still young, you know, so Aaron Outley could pop at any moment. And then, of course, he decided to wait, as you predicted, uh, Friday night. Yeah, I did predict that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. uh, It makes sense. It gets so late. And that's, you know, it's not about me, really, when I talk about the Friday commitments. Yeah, I know. I don't think a lot of kids realize you get so less eyeballs, so many fewer eyeballs on the commitment story on a Friday night. Commit on a Monday. Do it on a Monday. People are at work. They don't want to be back at work. They're on Twitter and they're on hogsports.com. They want to see it then. So that's one of the reasons Gabe and I had that conversation Mm -hmm. on Friday too. But anyway, Aaron Outley, obviously on Saturday, a big in-state pickup, a guy they've been working at for Mm -hmm. a long time now. How about a weekend for John Cooper, you know? I mean, he helped get the guy out of Oklahoma and then turns around and gets Aaron Outley as his first tight end commitment this year. So I know that probably went a long way in boosting their morale, Mm -hmm. you know, a week after losing. Uh, Drayden Norwood, you you follow up and get a big-time in-state guy. So yeah. I like Aaron. I saw him. Uh, he was one of the guys I saw last week, as you know. And, there was uh, a little bit of a scare for a while. And, and with Aaron, I thought this was kind of funny because Danny had gone to, you know, Tulsa and Little Rock and, you know, around this area too. Uh, to to interview prospects. And so we had all the, you know, the Little Rock Park few guys. <laughs> yeah. And – Danny calls me and says, "Hey, we might need to start getting some stuff ready on on Aaron Outley." So it's Friday night. I'm sitting out on the deck with the wife, and I'm like, "Honey, I got to go in and because this video that Danny went and got may be obsolete tomorrow." So yeah. <laughs> we had to kind of rush yeah. that video out. Um, we we ended up doing it Saturday morning when we when we released the video. But those videos are great. Uh, we'll do James Joyner later today. Uh, the 2022 still got running several, back. Several coming. Yeah, and, several uh, coming. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how my week Gentry Williams. I mean, Gentry Williams is a top a ten more. prospect in the country, and uh, and Danny got a, a nice interview with him. So there, there's a lot of those, and of course Aaron Outley as well. But Aaron has Danny. Aaron has a really nice offer list. I mean, there was a while when I know Steve Wiltfong put a crystal ball pick in to him to go to Florida State, and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at that offer list, I mean, it, it is. It's staggering. And then you, you realize he is currently the lowest-rated lowest rated recruit yeah. on Arkansas's committed. commitment list. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, from what I understood, ESPN has yet to rank him. So, obviously, that would greatly impact his, his composite, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big guy. I'm not sure he's the most athletic or fastest tight end out there. I know he's not. But, man, it's like Gabe Brooks said. 
you know, he's got so much size, and nowadays coaches look for size mm-hmm. and hands. They want that combination. Yeah, and he's got and, hands. Uh, and a lot of yeah. times, I mean, if you think about it, for the most part, high school tight ends, they come out about 220 to 235, mm-hmm. usually about the biggest would be about 235 these days. And this kid's already 255. Yeah, yeah, he's he's plenty big. He's plenty big, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> he is, man. But, hey, I'll say this, too, on part view. It's good to see them suddenly just start yep. piling them up a little bit. Suddenly, I, mean, huh? I wonder what, wonder what changed. Yeah, yeah somebody by the initials of BB. Yeah, <laughs> good man. We love Coach Bolding. He's been great to us. But it was cool to get to hang with him for a little bit. I want to mention, by the way, we were social distancing, wore my mask everywhere. I was a responsible sports writer last week, Trey. You'd have been proud, but had a good time visiting and. and standing six feet apart from bowling but mm-hmm. uh yeah you think about part view man and i think it's been 2016 is that when uh markel Lutze and uh, uh kenyon jackson younger brother of keith jackson mm-hmm. jr both of them came out in 2016 obviously markel went with missouri and uh kenyon went with illinois so the last time arkansas signed anybody out of part view football it was 2004. I want to see if you can name them. I know you know one of them. The last time they signed somebody out of Parkview was 2004? Yep, they got two of them that was, year. I don't know, with Mark Winston and Jamal there Anderson? Go. There you go. 2004? Okay. There you go. A little history lesson out there today. Yeah. Hey, I, it. I'll say this too, Danny. When you look at Little Rock, Central Arkansas, you know, yeah. you've had, you know, North Little Rock has produced well over the years. Um, wonder why yeah not as not as not as much <laughs> lately a bolding spot yeah um but joe t robinson has been really strong one of the state's top producers lately i mean there's a lot of They've players been kind of carrying central yeah. arkansas there's a lot really of players the at the university of arkansas that went to joe yeah. t robinson now so you've got them of course pulaski academy is always uh you know since kevin kelly's been there they've always been a good producer of talent one of the state's top producers now you got parkview stepping up and you look over nearby Maumel. look at Maumel. yeah they got a couple of guys in the 2022 class really impressive dudes and of course we're talking about andrew chambly an offensive lineman and nico davier defensive lineman who actually just today picked up Penn State. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy, he's going to be way, way up there by yeah. the time he's done. So, got a chance. We've also got those videos coming this week, yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah, a couple of big-time guys there. But you hit on something there. I think it's always – and we've been waiting waiting on this for years, Central Arkansas, to just get an uptick, mm-hmm. right? And I think we're finally seeing that. So, it's been good. Hopefully, we'll see that continue. But then, of course, the key is if you're Arkansas, you got to keep them here. Yeah. So. That's the next step, but good to get Aaron Outley on board for the Razorbacks. And I know how strongly they felt about, uh, you know, just trying to get that in-state momentum going again. So I think that was a good step in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, Landon Rogers. We put out an interview with him and of course got James Joyner coming. What is that later today, Trey? Yeah. Later today. The video. So yeah, quite a few there at Parkview. And I'll say just up in northwest Arkansas also, Danny, I mean, Fayetteville continues to produce uh, 24-7 sports put out there. Now, this top 20 ranking, I think, is probably going to change a lot as, you know, we get more opportunities to evaluate guys. But uh, the top-rated player in the state right now is um, uh, uh, Satania. You you have to say his name. Did I say it right? Isaiah Satania. Isaiah Satania. I said it 
incorrectly for months. He's a 10, 800 meter guy as a freshman and a 24 foot long jumper. So he's got some impressive track numbers. There's some other guys in the state like, you know, James Joyner, um, McAdoo, who don't really, who who don't have any time. They don't have like, you know, a verified Mm -hmm. 40 time. They don't have any track meet, you know, 100 meter, 200 times, stuff like that. So I think when those guys get some, you know, verified numbers, they run under 11 seconds then or you know and run you know four or five range in 40 then i think you'll see those guys get bumped up to four-star status but right now this is shaping up 2022 class danny as one of the best classes that arkansas has had a lot when you look top to bottom now it may not have the and what that remains to be seen about the star power at the top in the 2019 class because there were some superstars really you know by arkansas standards in that 2019 class but when you look at the depth of it you have nine players that are you know, in that 86 range uh, in terms of, you know, rankings, zero to 100, whatever, however you want to look at it. Uh, but then that 86 range, you have to go back to 2016, 2015, I think, before you 15, find a yeah. class that has that many uh, players rated, you know, at least that high mid-range three-star and above. Yeah, and you touched on uh, – uh, you hit on Isaiah there, but obviously had a chance to interview his uh, teammate, Caden Turner mm-hmm. is an inside linebacker. He goes about 6'1", 215. And I'm telling you, he's walking over to me. He looked just like Brooks Ellis. I oh, mean, he's yeah. got the Fayetteville cut off. He's built similarly, I would say. Not quite as long-limbed. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, I actually sent Brooks the pick. And I was like, man, this guy reminds you of, reminds me of you. And he goes, no, he's a lot more jacked than I was. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, good compliment for the youngster there. Yeah. He's a 2022. Wouldn't surprise me if at some point – you know, they, they've offered, what, eight now? Wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me if he's number nine at some point. So keep an eye on those two in particular. And then, of course, uh, J.J. Hollingsworth, they offered him last week. We had yes. a video interview with J.J. Good-sized kid, man. Defensive uh, end out of Greenland. Greenland, yeah. Arkansas. So, yeah, it's uh, northwest Arkansas starting to pick it up a little bit with Greenland leading the way almost. Uh, that's a big-time uh, kid right there. All right, Danny. Anything else you want to add before I cut you loose? That's it, buddy. Have a good All right. one. We'll All right. see you all. All right. Appreciate you, Danny. That's Danny West. Again, Danny handles most of our recruiting coverage and does a great job. Most of that stuff is VIP, so if you want to sign up at hogsports.com, you need to, to do so right now for $1 for your first month or 30% off your first year. Things are about to start picking up because we're just a little bit away from – we're just a little bit away from – walkthrough type workouts where they can actually have a ball so today's the 20th so right now they're in the mandatory workout so they have eight hours a week coaches can be there with the players so they have some more access with the players and stuff but it's only eight hours a week you know limited meetings but on the 24th on friday we're going to step into a totally different ball game where you can have walkthroughs you can have a ball so this will mark the first time that sam Pittman, that kendall browse any coach beside on campus besides Justin Stepp, well, Justin Stepp hasn't watched Felipe Franks throw a football either, but any quarterback on campus is what I was going to say. But uh, those coaches have not watched not only any quarterback throw a pass, but they haven't watched any receiver catch a pass. They haven't watched a running back run with the ball. They haven't done any, like, strip drills with defensive backs and linebackers. I mean, that's a pretty monumental time for for the the time that we're in with the coronavirus pandemic so the 24th friday we'll start doing walkthroughs they'll be able to throw passes and all that kind of stuff 
you know, really try to implement the things that they were able to do in, uh, in virtual meetings that they've done uh, on the field. So it's a step in the right direction. Hopefully things continue that way. And that's the 24th when that all starts. Then, of course, fall camp starts on August 7th. Not sure what kind of availability we're going to have. Hopefully we have some availability to watch practices. I don't see why we wouldn't. Mask up, keep your social distance, watch practice. That's my hope. I could see them like maybe doing like press conferences outside or something, kind of restructuring things because there is a lot of media that's going to want to be there. Obviously, media is starved. The fans are starved for content, so that means the media is starved. All right, everybody. I want to go ahead and get to your questions, but before we do that, I want to remind you, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page, do so now. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell and Throw us a thumbs up if you like the content. Throw us a like. Um, also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star review, we'd, of course, love to have that from you. And available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. All right. Let's see what we got here. Josh Gar is tuned in from Emporia, Kansas. Larry Brown says, go Hogs. Mike Watts says, something happened. Where'd you go, Mike? All right, there you are. We pick Suey. Can't miss that. Timothy David Long says, I'm praying for a football season this year. Go Hogs. Yeah, I think I should coin that, but um, it doesn't make you a bad person to pray for football, as I say. Nathan Espinoza says, what's going on, Trey? A couple of good commitments this weekend. Looks like Oklahoma has been good to the Hogs so far. Absolutely. Joshua Shiver says, Trey, in your opinion, can you rank the top five running backs in Arkansas football history? That might be something that would take a little bit of time for me to do, but I could probably I could probably come up with that. Um Let's see. I might go in my time. Darren McFadden, Basile Shabazz. Yes, I put just Shabazz too. Cedric Cobbs. Hmm. Darius Howard was pretty bad. I might go Darius Howard. He's got a high ranking there. It's hard to miss out on – I got to put Peyton Hillis in there. I mean, I could keep going with Kaneko Logan and, I mean, Dennis Johnson was a good one. That's hard. I would really have to, like, sit down and break that down before I would be, you know, willing to just say this is my top five. But Madre Hill, Madre Hill was the first guy I ever played the, – the first the first game we ever played – I ever played as a sophomore in high school was against Malvern, at Malvern, Madre Hill. I would put Madre in there. Madre, Darren, Shabazz. It gets tough after that. Cobbs. Cobbs is, I mean, Cobbs averaged like 15 yards a carry. Justin Williams says we won't get football see- this season, Tim. Justin, you have to stay positive. You have to, you have to talk in positive tones. If you talk like that, we're not going to have football season. We probably won't. Stay positive. Donnie A. Butts says, Woo Pig Suey. Two great recruits for the Hogs over the weekend. Justin Williams says, D Mac, Cobbs, Hillis, and Hill. You know, you probably have to put Michael Dyer in there, too. I forgot about Michael just because he didn't play at Arkansas, but Dyer put up ridiculous numbers in high school, was a big time recruit, was a five star. In your opinion, who is the most crucial commitment out of the Oklahoma group so far? 
Let's see. Who do I think is the most critical one? It's got to be AJ, number one. Javion Hunt's a good one, too. Kiwan Parker. I mean, Kiwan's been a guy that's really helped recruit for Arkansas. They got a good group of them, really, and they, they've done some good work there. But I got to say, AJ Green, I mean, he's a four star running back, number 111 ranked player in the country on 24 7 sports. Got to go with AJ Green. Pat Graham Frick says, You flying an airplane full but can't play at least half a crowd. I know. I flew I flew to Destin two weeks ago and back. I mean it, I think it is interesting when you when you consider like all the things that you can do and the things that you can't do. Like you could go get a facial when things started opening up phase one, but you couldn't go to the dentist. But yeah, I mean, if you can if you can pack a, a an airplane full of people who voluntarily get on the airplane, could you not do that for people who want to get into a football stadium and be outside the whole time? Figure it out some kind of way, please. <laughs> Dusty Hunt says we have not played football in several years. Why start now? Ouch. Dwayne O. Wilson says, what are your thoughts on Joe Johnson continuing on his post-NBA play? Hmm, I, don't, I don't guess I really have a, any thoughts. Sorry, Dwayne. I don't, though. I don't really – I didn't really thought about it. Justin Williams says it's going to be close, LOL. Dylan Shattuck says, yes, the Hogs will be playing. Larry Bateman says, watching from Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Thanks for keeping us informed, Trey. Appreciate you, Larry. Nathan Espinosa says, if they don't – play do they use a year of eligibility i don't think that you should and then if you don't play then you start running into all other kinds of problems you know i do we do think that like as a last resort they would play football in the spring that would be a last resort but if you don't get to play then i think you should be able to keep your year of eligibility i don't know if everybody be able to do that wisconsin said with spring sports last year or earlier in the year that they wouldn't be honoring if you're a senior and you missed out on your senior year of baseball, then you just missed it. Scott Hickman says, didn't mean to jinx us last week on asking if A&M was thinking about moving the Dallas game to an on-campus site. I heard they're looking into it now. They are. I think it's ulti it's ultimately going to depend on the SEC offices. Hunter Yurchek didn't sound like enthusiastic about it, but he listened to Bjork. Donnie A. Butt says, football is in your blood. You want to play Billy Deegan Treat says, how many days until the first game? First game is the seventh, so if you're going to make me do math, 18 days. Or 18 days. 18 days till the start of camp. <laughs> first game is on the 5th of September. So, what is that, 58 days? Do you think we will try to bring in OOC out of conference teams that are willing to play if the others start dropping. It's possible from what I understand right now, Nevada is still 100% on board. If football is able to be played, then they're coming. I don't know. It seems like it would be really difficult to schedule somebody that late. Unless I guess they ran into the same situation, then maybe you could work something out. 
Trey, do you think if football didn't happen this year, would this help or hurt Arkansas in terms of recruiting next year to the fact of not seeing potential down year again? <laughs> I don't know. I think getting on the field and turning things around as fast as possible would be ideal. Lauren Morris says, when does this team actually start practicing running pass plays under coach supervision? So that'll start, Lauren, on August 7th when they're able to do like OTA style stuff. They call them walkthroughs, but they'll be running around. And then, you know, fall camp starts August 7th. You still have to go through the acclimation period of slowly adding on pads for like five days, and then you're good to go, hopefully. So August 7th is technically the start of fall camp. July 24th is the start of OTA-style stuff walkthroughs. Joshua Shiver says he would swap Collins for Hillis. Collins. I don't know if I mentioned did I mention a Collins? I don't know what Collins you're talking about. Alex Collins isn't from Arkansas. How how will bowl games work? Yeah, that's a good question. It's possible that I think twenty four seven sports had a recommendation, you know, just an idea like you go expand to like eighteen playoffs. Um for the championship and probably there's a good chance you could see bowl games. Who knows? I mean, that's so far away. I mean, that's December and January. So who knows? But they have to figure something out because you've got 10 game schedules going on. You have to have a winning record or you have to win at least six games theoretically. So they figure something out. I guess they go, they go straight to APR because that's how it is now. If they, if they don't have enough, teams to fill bowl slots, they go to APR, who which team has the highest APR. That might have been, you know, five games. So maybe that's how they, they fill slots if, uh, you know, they can't fill it because of the Pac-12 and the uh, Big Ten schedules. Joshua Cyber says, also, Niall Davis is a great running back. If he didn't get hurt, he could have been a headman candidate, either Heisman candidate, <laughs> I guess what you meant. Either way, Arkansas has had some amazing backs. So, do, I guess maybe the question was not like in-state high school backs, but um, backs at the University of Arkansas. So, if that's the question, Darren McFadden, Alex Collins, Felix Jones, Barry Foster. I mean, I have to go kind of in my lifetime when I'm old enough to appreciate it. That fifth spot's tough. But I would go with Nile for that spot. You also got, you know, Peyton Hillis be under consideration. Jonathan Williams was a really good one. Fred Talley. Who do you think takes over if Pittman gets the coronavirus? I would say uh, uh, Barry Odom. Larry Bateman says, what do the COVID numbers look like for the football team? So at last check, Larry, there have been 10, fewer than 10 people, uh, uh, players, ath- excuse me, this isn't just football, this is student athletes. So this is out of the entire uh, 300 kids that are on campus. You've had 10 people, fewer than 10 people who are student athletes test positive for coronavirus. You have one active case currently. You've had two staffers test positive for coronavirus. So you've got one active case, and at last check, this would have been Thursday, I guess, you had 20 people in quarantine who had not tested positive but were, you know, had interacted with someone who did. So 
you got one active case right now, 20 people in quarantine. David McDaniel says, I heard they tested over 300 with nine, including a coach. Yeah, tested over 300, under 10, so I guess that means nine, 20 have it, or 20 have quarantined, and two coaches, not one. Isaac Riley says, fingers crossed for sports, but hoping the athletes, coaches stay healthy and safe. Absolutely. That's got to be a priority too. And I will say, I mean, for the most part, there's obviously, you know, anecdotal, no, you know, results where, where people who are younger have, you know, succumbed to the virus. There's no question that's happened. For the most part, these young people are doing pretty good. That doesn't mean everybody will, but for the most part, they are. If Missouri game is moved, will it be in Columbia instead of Arrowhead? I hope they keep it in Arrowhead. That's where they said last time. Hopefully that's, I mean, again, that's that's way off. That's November 27th. <laughs> Jeff Moore says, nope, sadly, it's not going to happen. Wrong attitude, Jeff. Justin Williams says, Williams and Collins, I'm taking Raleigh. Oh, i got to mention Raleigh Williams in the mix, too. I mean, he's got to be considered ran for 1,300 yards one year. Fingers crossed they play, say Randall Files. Lauren Morris says, need to swab the kids on Thursdays. Temps, day off, and any symptoms hold out, next man up. They, they can do this if they want, but it is want. I mean, they are playing lacrosse already. There's so much more applied to the situation. So, also, I mean – It's just it's just tricky. Like, if you're if you test positive, or you come in contact with someone who tests positive, it's not you're out a week, you're out two weeks, you're out fourteen days. Lauren Moore says, "What do you think of the Pac-12 players' demands?" I think it seems a little overzealous, to be honest. Um, and I haven't looked at it too much. I just saw it this morning and, and kind of glanced over it. But they want fifty percent of the revenue. Scott Hickman says, man, you're killing me, that Ed Orgeron impression. Appreciate that. Aaron Wayne Moyer says, I was talking to a Nebraska season ticket holder for football, and she stated they're thinking of switching the baseball season with the football, fewer people and more distancing. What's your thoughts on the possibility due to COVID? That wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, it's it would be difficult in the spring because you got to cover football, baseball, basketball, a lot of recruiting stuff happens in the spring also. I mean, that would be tough. Even with spring football, it, it's, it, it gets, you know, to be a bit of a cluster. And you've had an actual season. Hein Lee says, thank you for encouraging others to wear a mask. No problem. Justin Williams says, if you could have any quarterback from the past for this season, who would you take? Matt Jones. I think I would take Matt Jones. I don't know. I would take Matt, I think. Uh, I would consider Ryan Mallett, Brandon Allen, Tyler Wilson, Quinn Grovey, Clint Sterner. Ed sounds like the special teams coach from Waterboy. <laughs> Yep. And people like my Ed Orgeron impersonation. Thanks, Libby. 
NP Rich says, we pick Sue from Alpha Valley, California. Will Lennox says, next commit, question mark. Um, I got a couple ideas, but I don't want to spoil anything. But I think there's maybe one, two coming down the road. Warren, Arkansas, got all the real deal studs and got more talent on deck, and Landon Rogers got Warren bloodline in him. Is that right? Yeah, Warren's one of the state top producers, absolutely. When we talk about the state's top producers, and that you know, I was just talking about Little Rock and mainly, and then kind of ventured up northwest Arkansas as a segue into Isaiah Satanga. Uh, Satanga, I think that's how you say it. Uh, but yeah, what you got, if you're going to talk about the state's top talent producers, you got to talk about Warren. Jacob Botwinick says, do you think the pandemic affects college basketball this year? I don't know. I think the NBA is a good model to look at for basketball, but Arkansas got a chance to be really good in basketball. It would it would stink to lose the basketball season. You know, I mean, if you – the only reason you lose basketball is because you lost football also, I, I, I would think. Chris Coote says, sure, I want to see the Hogs take the field this year. Patrick Germany says, are – are there going to be games played and when exactly? Right now, it's on schedule. Aaron Stallings says, Madre Hill, Richard Johnson, and the first game scheduled for September 5th against Nevada. Aaron Stallings says, Madre Hill, yes. Richard Johnson says, do we play and how much? Yancey Long says, Shabazz is the best athlete ever to come out of Arkansas. He's up there. I don't think there's any question you want to talk about it. He's got to be in the conversation. I do think that maybe – the, the story has gotten a little bit bigger than it maybe actually was. I still think Darren McFadden's the best football player to come out of the state of Arkansas ever. Anthony Jant Tenor says Derek Russell. Anthony Jant Tenor says, oh, we're talking about just the running backs. Chris Coote says, Will. Tyler Tober says, don't know if you listened to Tyler Wilson on Bo Mattingly's podcast, but it sounded to me like Wilson had some animosity towards Ryan Mallett. Did you ever get a sense while you were working around them? I mean, aside from just like hearing stuff here and there, you know, but no, I wouldn't say, I don't know if there's anything like major. Will Franks be our starter this fall? Yes, I would feel pretty confident in that. Larry Jones says, Jerry Eckwood was a good back. Yeah, a little bit before my time. Corey Nichols says, great back out of Little Rock, McClellan. Rip Lindsey Howell, yeah, that was sad to hear over the weekend. Jacob Botwinick says, do you think Tusk will go to the games? I guess I could ask my mom's cousin, Keith Stokes, but that was just wondering. I do know that like some of the pageantry stuff that we're used to in college football, we're not going to see. Now, whether that means like cheerleaders, um, or a limited number of cheerleaders or band or, you know, not going to see visiting band probably, um, but a limited number of band members, who knows what they're going to do exactly there. I mean, if you don't have fans, do you need a band? Do you need cheerleaders if you don't have fans? All good questions to be asked. Um, we do know that they're going to extend the player box to the 15-yard line, so they'll be extended farther. It's a little bit bigger. We picked Sue from Charlottesville, Virginia, says Ryan D. Summers. John Wyckoff says, if they don't play, we're tied for first. That's right. Donnie A. Butts says, if there's no high school football, how will we rank? How will the ranking of players work out? Well, it's going to – it's going to 
rankings when we look back four or five years from now at the NFL drafts will be like, wow, the rankings weren't very good this year. I mean, there's some guys that are gonna, we're going to nail. But, yeah, there's the possibility that it didn't happen with everybody. Eric Fox says, I saw Basil Shabazz get a bunt double in person. It was crazy. Yeah, it's rare. Uh, Garrett Bernard says, are you going to miss Big Pete Roulier? Of course. Pete was part of the team. Wish him well. Living back in eastern Arkansas. Um, and for those who don't know, we did make a hire with Curtis, Curtis Wilkinson, who is – Curtis is in his – how many – let's see. This is his fourth week, so he's been here three weeks now doing a fantastic job and uh, certainly couldn't be happier with Curtis Wilkerson. So if you want to read his stuff, a lot of it's VIP. does a lot of stuff for basketball, a lot of good stuff for basketball. All right, everybody. I think we covered all the questions. I want to thank Danny West for coming on and sharing his knowledge with recruiting. Some interesting topics today with the possible return of football as we look forward to Major League Baseball, the NBA starting up, uh, and some other live sports. So thanks for your questions. For Danny West, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.